everyone, welcome back to Dom and Jimbo's Album Swap, episode number 52, and not quite our year anniversary, because we missed a week, but um, it's essentially our year anniversary. Yay! Happy bird. No, we're not. We no, that whole <laughs> I don't think so. No, um, I think Let's skip that. Um, yeah, so thanks to anybody who's been listening to uh, to us for the full year. Uh, it's been really fun to do. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess we could get into our first album that we're going to be talking about, um, which was recommended by my brother Daniel last time. Um, it's the second album actually recommended by this artist, but the first one <laughs> was kind of an odd one. It's mm-hmm. uh, Prince. It's his pretty um, infamous album. All of these albums are pretty infamous in one way or another, but uh, this album is his probably most popular, most infamous release, Purple Rain. The last one that Daniel recommended was the Batman soundtrack, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, (laughs) Um, which, you know, personally I wasn't a huge fan of, and I don't think Dad was the biggest fan of it either, but... Um, this one, I think, had probably a better chance of, um, good, uh, reception yeah. from us. And, um, yeah, it's, it's extremely critically acclaimed, probably one of the most critically acclaimed albums of all time. Uh, acclaimed not just from critics, too, but also just music fans in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh... Prince fans in general. Prince and if you missed it last week, I was actually going to choose this album. And Daniel yeah. beat me to it. So I guess yeah. you can kind of so. already tell what he thinks about it. But <laughs> children, children um, ruin our lives, you know. Children ruin your lives. Yeah. Don't have kids. But um, so I guess Daniel, tell us your history with uh, Purple Rain by Prince. Well, I, you know, a few years ago, I wasn't, I didn't listen to any music really. It uh-huh. was a very boring, noiseless existence for me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just like, I don't even know how to get into music if I've, if I've never developed a taste before. Um, and I'd already liked a few things by Prince, and I was just like, oh. I think Prince was really the first artist I really ever got into. Like, mm-hmm. I was ever really, like, I went through his discography, and I went, and I, like, read up about him a whole bunch. I know... A bunch of things about his life. I'm not going to say I know everything about his life. I definitely don't. Um, I don't think I even remember his real name. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I used to know it. His first name is Prince. Is but it wasn't always Prince, was it? it no, was. he was. No, his first name is Prince. Born. Yeah, he but, was born with the name Prince. Yeah, his his but it was like name Prince, is you know, Zahid or Zahid No, or it wasn't that. Prince, Prince Rogers, Rogers Nelson. Rogers Nelson. Oh, it. was it? I used to know that. Like. Oh, in an instant, a, and I just have forgotten it since. He had a son with a middle name, Saeed. Um, Maybe, yeah. Or Saeed. I don't, I don't. It's it was S A E D. I don't remember how to say. Yeah, it. that might be his one um, of his kids' names. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, Prince was really the first person I did all of that with. Hmm. Um. And this was the first album I listened to. Right, because you want to get interested in someone, you probably grab their most. I guess, notable album first. Yeah. And then I, you know, I went through his other stuff, like 1999 and News and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I just I just got really interested in it because I, I think he's a phenomenal singer. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just like... At one point, I think he was a super underrated guitarist, too. But then when he got on stage at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and blew every major guitarist off of the stage to the point where guys like Eric Clapton and um, and uh, Tom Petty and guys like that were all saying, like, wow, he's the best guitarist I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that really kind of launched him into the spotlight for his guitar playing, and he wasn't so underappreciated anymore. But most of his career, because he did that towards the end of his life, that was, like, I think only maybe four years before he died or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he... Uh, I always thought he was an underrated guitarist. Like, I thought... He didn't show it off a whole lot, but when he did, it was amazing. And I was like, wow, if that's him playing guitar. Because at first, I didn't know. You know? Like, when you first hear about Prince, you just think he's the singer of Prince and the Revolution or whatever. And, you know, someone in the Revolution is playing guitar. But then if you watch the movie Purple Rain or if you saw videos with him in it or whatever... Mm. You saw him playing the guitar and playing most of the, you know, if not all the leads. So you were like, oh, wow, he's damn good. And real quick, my brothers, both of my brothers got a chance to see him um, on the Purple Rain Tour. And they said, and they weren't even fans of his. They were like rock, like serious, well, not serious rock fans. But they were like, like my one brother was kind of into punk and metalish stuff. And my other brother was into like regular rock and southern rock. Yeah. So that was their deal, but they—I think they were—they had girlfriends at the time that wanted to see Prince, so they took them, and they were like, when they came home and told me, they were like, because they know I—they knew I liked them, and they were like, I gotta tell you, man, even though we weren't the biggest fans of his before we went to the show, I am now. Like he played every instrument on the stage, and he played it well. He played the drums, he played you know, guitar, bass, piano, everything on the stage, and he played them yeah. all well. He has a phenomenal, like, acoustic guitar song that he made near the end of his life, but I mm-hmm. forget what it's called. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look that up. But, yeah, I just, yeah, I was just like, he's, he's a very talented singer. And I, I got into him after he died, obviously. He mm-hmm. died in, like, 2016 or 2017. Um, and I, I really started to get into him around, like, early 2018. Um, he died in 2016. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was much earlier than that. Maybe no. late 2017. He died early. he died he died the same. I know he died the same year as Bowie. 2016. And um I think he Bowie died after died. him cuz Bowie. Bowie died really early in the, in no, the year. Bowie died in 2017. No, he didn't. All right, listen. Prince died in on April 21st, 2016. And who'd you say Bowie? David Bowie, Bowie yeah. yeah. He died in like January 2017, didn't he? He died in 2016. Oh, because it, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's right. January 10th, 2016. 2016. Yeah, because yeah. it was like. So they were like four months of each other. It was right after his 69th birthday mm-hmm. that he died. Yeah. Um, and it was. Uh, Black Star was released like, right. I think I think it was right before he died. I thought oh, you it know might what have been released thinking? on his birthday. I remember someone really big died around the same time Gramps died, but that was Michael Jackson. No, yeah. He yeah. died in 2009, I think, the same year Gramps died. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That, I think that's what I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I started being a fan of his after he long after he died. Mm-hmm. And it's not a case of, like, death bandwagoning like it kind of was with Juice World. Um, 
like hopping on to all of his discography after he died. Yeah. Um, it was just like, oh, the, I've heard this guy's music a bit. It's interesting. Let me listen to it. And I was like, wow, that's really good. So, yeah, I mean, Dad, I think you know, I think I know what you think of this album. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a giveaway for me, you know, because, A, like I said, uh, I, I was I was going to recommend this as one of my top albums of all time because um, it definitely is. It's probably probably top three. I don't know. I would really have to think hard about where this would fall. Could even be number one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely top three in my you know, best albums of all times. Um, I think probably my top three, my personal top three would be, and I don't know what order, it would be really hard for me to come up with, but I think this, Rumors, and uh, The Real Thing by Faith No More is probably my top three of all time. Those are some good albums. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, so you want me to go first since maybe I'm <laughs> easiest read? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I love this fucking album, and yeah. I think I have... I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast, but I know I've talked to the to my kids about it here. Um, this only has one dud on it to me, and that's Computer Blue. I don't like that song. Mm. Never did. I just kind of thought it was... And it's creative, and it's like... I, I, I understand what he was trying to do with that song, because it's like 1984 or 1983 when he was recording it, probably. So, like, he was, I think, experimenting. I think he was... And that's what was very cool about Prince all the time throughout his entire life was that he was always experimenting, always willing. Because he had some albums that were absolute flops. You know, that, you know, and what you can go and listen to them, and maybe there was some really great stuff on them. You know, maybe there was some different stuff on them, but I think maybe that's why they flopped. It was very different from what you thought you wanted to hear from Prince. You know, everyone wanted, like, the next Purple Rain, or everyone wanted the next, you know, whatever. Uh, what was the album that Raspberry Ray was on? Was that Parade? Oh. Or was yeah, that? that was the one yeah. right after this. Yeah. It was News from the World. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I think it something, is. something, I don't know. Or whatever it is. Around the World. I can get it right now. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like people wanted him to repeat his, you know, formulas and success. And then, you know, he did a lot of crazy things. Like he, well, not crazy things, but, you know, he, uh, he got rid of the revolution and replaced them with the new power generation who were very different. Yeah. He started making very different, much more bluesy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's around the world in a day, by the way. Around the world in a day, um, yeah. Well, like with the new power generation, which I liked a bunch of their stuff. Um, it was very different than the than the uh, revolution era. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he changed his name to the symbol, and then he, you know, he did a lot of you know quote unquote wacky things. But you know, there were, there was always reasons behind it, and you always heard like talk about him. What you know, was he actually? bisexual was he actually gay was he actually you know and i never thought he was gay because like and he could have been for all i know but he very much did not portray himself as a gay person i mean he wore makeup and mm-hmm. and, yeah. and like high heel boots but yeah it was very flamboyant a lot of makeup and that kind of thing so yeah you know yeah, and especially true. back in the 80s even though there was kind of more of that going on then than even like in the 90s and 2000s let's say um I don't know. I just never got that yeah. from him because he was seen as like a sex symbol for women. Like he, I mean, which I don't yeah, get either. I think he's he a very was... ugly man. But really, yeah, I mean, no. I think he's weird. Yeah, I looking. disagree. I yeah? mean, yeah, 
I mean, I guess I'm not an expert. Not very ugly. That's that's really. I mean, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I th- I mean, I get it. But he was also a sex symbol for gay people. Like, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. and like, like every major male rock star was a sex symbol for women, but not everyone was, um, Both. for gay people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, I can go. I, I I have my own theories about it. He did become a Jehovah's Witness later in his life. Yeah. Which is sort of maybe a sign of something, but I don't know. Yeah. It yeah. could be anything. If you had to nail down your absolute favorite song on this album, what would it be? Um, I know mine. It's Well, let me tell you a quick story, and then I'll, I'll give you that answer. So, like, obviously, 1984, I was 11 years old, and this was, you know, when I was really starting to pay attention to music even more. So that's why I think this is one of the most pivotal albums in my lifetime because it struck at a time when I was really getting into music. I was just starting to play music. I was just starting to take music seriously, whether listening to it or, or playing it. Um, and like this album just came out and I listened to it and it was beautiful and then it was nasty and then it was like sexual and then it was like romantic and it was yeah. just like so many different things like that you experienced through listening to this album. I think that's really what hit me, especially at that age, you know? You know, you're coming into your own at that age. I mean, I know 11's not exactly puberty, but it's, you know, you're getting there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like, I think this album, for the time it came out for me, made it that much more pivotal. And my short story about it is... The second time I ever performed anything in front of an audience was I sang uh, Let's Go Crazy in front of a bunch of people while I was recording it. And, like, they used to have the studio. It was in Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And they had the studio in Hershey Park where it was like the beginnings of karaoke. Like, you would go in there, they would have a backing track, and you could sing what, you know, something from their list of songs that they had. And Let's Go Crazy was one of them because it was huge at the time. So I sang Let's Go Crazy, and there was a window that went out to, like, the park where people were just walking around, and they all stopped and listened to me. And I had that recording for so long, and I wish I could find it. I sound like such a little kid singing it, but I actually did an okay job for a little kid singing a print song. Mm. Um, The first song I ever performed in public was at a barbecue. I sang Love on the Rocks by Neil Diamond, but I don't want to talk about that. Um, Sounds traumatic. It was traumatic. But, yeah, so, I mean, this album just extremely influential, pivotal. Like, it, 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 really, it really hits on all the, the things about music in my life, you know? So, and as far as the best song on this album, I mean, I want to say Purple Rain itself, because it's just, it's beautiful, it's... It's well done just from start to finish. It's a little long if you're listening to the full version. Um, so maybe that's a point against it. Um, I think one of the most... Uh, this track has been was controversial from the day it came out, but I think Darling Nikki is a, a great song. It's very... Yeah, graphic. Graphic. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's very graphic. But I also think it was really cool and really edgy and like, but in a good way. And like, I don't know. I like that song too. Let's Go Crazy is great. Um, when Doves Cry is great. 
don't know. If I had to pick one, though, I still I think I would say Purple Rain is the best song on the album. Mine, mine is When Doves Cry. When I, Doves Cry? That's a great I song. I think that might be the best song ever. Yeah? That mm, might okay. be. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think a great that's song. A, I, think that's, I think that's my favorite song on the album, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like a really amazing, like, one of my favorite songs. Right. And you didn't grow up in a time where thinking about that song made you think about Prince getting up naked out of a, out of a bathtub. Because that's what he did in the video. Yeah, yeah thankfully. Maybe that hurt my my enjoyment of that song. I don't know. Let's cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, no, that's, a, that's an incredible song. That's why it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, but yeah, and like I said, the only stinker on the album to me is Computer Blue. But like I was trying to explain before, I think I know what he was trying to do there. I think he was trying to be very experimental and put different sounds together and you know we were coming into the computer age and back then and i think he was really trying to you know figure some stuff out and that's great i just don't think it worked in that song for me yeah um but yeah every song on this album i would actually i would die for you is probably one of the sleeper best songs on this album that's that's a great song song. um Baby I'm a Star is probably my second least favorite. It's not bad. It's not... To me, Computer Blue is almost terrible. Um, but then, yeah, I'd say Baby I'm a Star is like my second least favorite, but still far away from Computer Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I you know what? A+. Plus. I gotta give it an A+. Yes! I win. Yeah, because... Yeah, it's a slam dunk for me, and maybe Dale knew that going in. But, uh... Yeah, uh, this is a great album. One of the best of all time. Definite top three to me. So, uh, Dominic. Have, uh, first of all, did you, have you ever... Li- huh? Oh, wait, no. Never mind. Have See. you ever listened to this album from yeah. the back? Yeah. Oh, okay, I just... I figured you had, but I didn't know for sure. Second yeah, of all, man. how does it feel to know that I got the first A+, plus and you got the first F, buddy? Buddy, man. That doesn't <laughs> feel like much. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I think an F is a is a is a bit more impressive. Honestly, you know? yeah. I, I mean, actually, not from you. You're you're a little negative, Nancy. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't want to get. I didn't really want to give Playboy Cardi an F, and I was. I think you did. I, I was sort of did. rethinking it recently, but. I, I think you had a vendetta. Uh no, <laughs> but um anyway, so yeah, I I have heard this album before, and um. I've always kind of loved it and thought it was like really great. Um, I ha- I didn't like it as much this time, honestly. Like, I- and I still think it's really great, and it's really amazing, and it's groundbreaking, and it's one of the- probably one of the best like pop albums. Oh yeah. Of all time, yeah. definitely. Um, and like, yeah, just the time that it came out was just like it was perfect. But um, yeah, I don't think it's as consistent as i would like it to be um let's go crazy is is great i love that song um take me with you is good the beautiful ones i'm not a big fan of computer blue i actually really like um really? i think that's a really good song I that's one of my remember favorites that on the album, album. Uh, that song i don't even remember that song something on the righteous one yeah computer uh, blue oh, yeah it's 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 kind of silly i guess but i i think it's a really good song and it's fun and it fits with the rest of the album and darling nikki is really great when doves cry like i said is one of my favorite songs i think that song is great um yeah i would die for you i would die for you is probably my least favorite song 
mm. honestly. Um, I, I just recall just not enjoying something about like the mixing on it and the chorus is kind of too clunky for me. Um, Baby I'm a Star I really like and Purple Rain is really great too. A uh, really great ballad, really great like really long song to end the album off. Extremely um, well written. Like, yeah, extremely, extremely well written. Yeah, like the, the lyrics um, are just a combination of beautiful and amazing and yeah, yeah, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime song, it's, if you ask me. I think it's yeah. a special thing for a song that if somebody just says the name of the song, it goes straight in your head. Yeah, and still no one really knows what the actual fuck Purple Rain is, but like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I... Yeah. I mean, you I do. It's not... I, I mean, you understand what physical Purple Rain could be or could look like, but Has where did they come up with that? Like, <laughs> something like... I don't know, I thought it was something I gotta bad. look it up. Um... I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway. When there's blood in the sky. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's blood rain, I guess, because it's blue and purple. Or blue, I mean blue and red, and it's purple rain. Oh. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. You say um, so. I still don't know what that means in purple. the context of the song, but... Um, um, yeah. Anyway. So, oh, you're, you're, you're great. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a really great uh, pop album, in my opinion. Um, and, and there's some really great, like, uh, guitar work on it. Prince is a very talented guy. Um, but, yeah, generally, I'm feeling, I think, like, an A. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a- an A, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. good feedback for Purple Rain. As a and A plus, very nice. Yeah, I mean, what did you expect? It's, <laughs> it's Purple Rain. Um, uh, it's Purple Rain, yeah. But, um... On to the next album that my dad recommended last time from, uh, again, very infamous album, infamous from infamous rock duo, The White Stripes. Um, their fourth album, Elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you sort of tell us about your history with the album? Yeah, when The White Stripes very first came on the scene, and I think I mentioned this maybe last week or some other time, um... I, I thought they were okay. I didn't think they were, like, very good because they came out in the same time as, like, The Strokes and stuff like that where that garage rock thing was happening. And I liked most of the garage stuff, uh, garage rock stuff that was going on. But, like, it just kind of blended, like, uh, what's that? what was that first song they had to hit with, uh, White Stripes? Um, uh, Hello, Operator? No, I don't uh, think fell so. Fell in love with a girl. Fell in love with a girl, that's it. That sounded, you know, just very much the same as a lot of the garage rock stuff coming out, such as The Strokes. So I kind of just pooled it all together and said, hey, this is interesting. But I never really latched on very much to all of it. But then once they started putting out more music, I was like, oh, these guys are a bit different. Well, these yeah. guys, I mean, it was it was Jack and, uh, what was her name? Meg. Meg, Meg. Um, it was just Jack and Meg, really. Um, and I, I, to me, they started, they started like separating themselves a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I could tell he especially had some like cool shit going on and like some, some more talent, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I started listening to him a little more and more. And then when this album came out, I mean, you know, it's got some stuff that was really big hits. I mean, Seven Nation Army obviously is huge. Um... I like, uh, I just don't know what to do with myself. I love that song. 
Um, the hardest button, the button was uh, was a single that came out and got pretty popular. Um, what was the other one on here? Was that it? That was really big off there. Maybe that was it. Yeah, I think that might be the only ones that were at least uh, radio hits. Um, but like, yeah, and then I just like I just love the music on this. I think it, from beginning to end, it's really interesting and flows well, and uh, to me, it doesn't get boring. Like, I can listen to this album from front to back and, like, you know, enjoy it, you know? So, like, that's why I started. And a lot of stuff he's done, you know, both the white, you know, including White Stripes and then on to uh, Tours, his solo stuff, just all the stuff. Not, ev I mean, everything he put it, puts out isn't great, don't get me wrong. But a lot of the stuff he's come out with since then has just been really showcasing his talent and ingenuity and he's probably like he's probably like number two or three on my like single artists that i really just dig the way they do things mm -hmm. like i really love their artistry i mean i think mike Patton, him and like josh homme probably are like those three guys for me like they're they seem so into music like they really want to create all the time they don't want to take time off. They don't want to, like, go on vacation. They want to, like, make music all the time, experiment all the time. And that's what I love about artists like that, like Jack White. And I think this album, you know, definitely in the White Stripes catalog is, like, probably the best. What was the one either right before or right after this album? It was, it was a close second. Um, I, don't, I mean, you said you said both of them. Um, White Blood Cells was right before it, and I think uh, Get Behind Me, Satan was right Yeah, before. I like both of those albums, actually. One of them was like a little closer to being as good as Elephant to me. I think it was White Blood Cells, but I'm not sure. But either way, um, I still think this is a better album than their best album, and that's why I recommended it, and there you go. So uh, let Dominic start first, because I think I might have an idea of the way he feels about this album more than Daniel, so... But I could be completely wrong, so let's see. What'd you think, Dominic? Um, I really like it. Uh, I like I like the White Stripes in general, I would say. More than probably most of their contemporaries, like you, um, like the Black Keys or the Strokes or, or and stuff like that. Um, I think Jack White is a much better guitar player than any of those other people. Um, he, I think he's honestly like one of the best guitar players in rock music, mm -hmm. uh, in like popular rock music in like forever. Honestly, in yeah. my opinion, he's one of my favorites at least. Yeah, like um, I think he's amazing, and like that's the most impressive part about this album is the guitar work. Yeah, and oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A lot of people um, criticize uh, Meg's drumming. A lot of the time, a lot of people, it's like Ringo. Like a lot of people think it's like it's too simplistic, especially compared to like Jack's um, guitar work. Um, I feel that way like sometimes, like I think sometimes it doesn't blend the best and she obviously isn't as good of a drummer as he is a guitarist. Right. I mean, it depends on how you look at it because she's good at doing what she does um, and she's good at like staying on beat a lot of the time. It's mm -hmm. like Ringo a lot. Yeah. Um, like she, and it works with the style that they're going, like it's not simplistic exactly, but, like, it's very, um, bare, you know? Like, 
and and garage. It's very garagey. Yeah. And I like that about it. Yeah. Um, there's almost an element of amateurishness to it that uh, like adds to it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I haven't listened to White Blood Cells in a while, but just the songs I can think of off of that one, I recall liking that more. Mm-hmm. Um, but this album is very good. Seven Nation Army is almost like it's hard to look at that song in a vacuum because it's so infamous. Yeah. Um, and yeah. associated with so many different things. Yeah. I think. I mean. I don't. Yeah, it, I think it's a. I think it's a very good song. It's an extremely well written song. There are mm. like videos about how it, uh, like the the how it's written and how impressive it is that it's written that it's written the way that it is mm-hmm. to be so like catchy yeah. and stuff like that and wh- why the guitar riffs are so like sticky stuff like that. Um, but yeah, other than that, Black Math is a great song. Mm-hmm. I really love that song. Um, I just don't know what to do with myself. I think that's a great song. In the Cold, Cold Night, um, that's the only song only, that's, uh, I think that's only Meg singing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that song, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like You've Got Her in Your Pocket a lot. Yeah. Ball and Biscuit, um, Ball and Biscuit is really good. I think it goes on a little bit long, but... Right. Um... Let's see what I... Hypnotize is really good. Girl, You Have No Faith in Medicine is one of my favorites on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that song a lot. Um, probably my least favorite is uh, is either um, I Want to Be the Boy to Warm Your Mother's Heart or The Hardest Button to Button. I don't really like either of those songs very much. I was going to ask you about The Hardest Button to Button because that was like one of the hits and there was a lot of uh, back and yeah. forth about people liking that song or not. Um, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a little different. I, I can understand where it's not quite as good. I don't want to say not quite as good. I don't know. I like the song, but I've heard a lot of people say they don't like that song a lot. So I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah, really great album. I said, I would, I would say, um, I, I actually don't like, um, well, it's true that we love one another either. It's like, it's. It's very, it's much different than the rest of the songs on the album, and there are like three different people singing on it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just something I, I find that song a little bit more boring than uh, sounds like a bunch of, of drunk people singing. I mean, yeah. if you I don't really think that. I just think it's boring. But yeah, um, I would give it an A minus to an A. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really great album. Really great. One of the best like pure rock albums of the last like 20 years or so i think mm-hmm. um there's not much of that anymore honestly in my opinion i don't think rock is necessarily dead but um i do think it's a lot more dead than it used to be yeah. and uh yeah i don't think they're like like a lot of rock albums are like punk albums or like um experimental rock albums mm. um this sort of style of like very guitar based like um music is is not very popular anymore so, and that's that's fine i mean i enjoy a lot of new music as well um but yeah i i'd say this is one of the like the best 
rock albums. Definitely in the last 20 years, but probably in general, too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, cool. A minus. Awesome. All right, Daniel, what you got? Uh, yeah, I, I like this album. Mainly, I think Seven Nation Army is also one of my favorite songs, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, if a song can make me, like, can, like, wake me up out of, like, a, like, a lull. Yeah. Then I consider that song a very, very good song. Um... So yeah, I think Seven Eight, but I've never heard this album. I've never heard any other song on this album besides Seven Nation Army. Oh, okay, well good. Um, it was a newer experience for you. Then. So I liked. Uh, I just don't know what to do with myself in the cold, cold night. You got her in your pocket. I like the hardest button to button, okay. and I like Little Acorns, and I like Girl, You Have No Faith in Medicine. I don't. I I think well, it's true that we love one another is my least favorite song on the album. So like okay. I said, it sounds to me like a bunch of drunk people right. grabbing each other at a party and singing <laughs> some weird song. Um, and I also don't... I don't like I Want to Be the Boy That Warms Your Mother's Heart either. Okay. Um, yeah, I get that. I did say I like Little Acorns, right? Yeah, you did. Okay. Um, the Air Near My Fingers is... Yeah. Black Math is pretty good. I just... I don't remember liking that as much as the songs I've mentioned. Right. Um, Ball and Biscuit was okay-ish. Okay. Um, it was just kind of... Yeah, he said it... Like he said, it was kind of long. If it were shorter, it would have been better. Right. Um, yeah, I mean... I think this is a pretty great album. I think that... I like that guy's voice. Um, I like the way he sings. Um, especially on Seven Nation Army. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just that, like, the drums on that song are phenomenal. Yeah. I don't know what people are talking about. I mean, they're still basic, but they're good. I think people expect too much from drummers quite a lot of the time. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, the drummers, the drumming and the drummers on a song in rock don't always have to be, yeah, like, super technical, like... Like hard to do. Like they, you know, yeah. you know, Ringo had a good point, you know, and I think Meg is in the same kind of area. Like sometimes more, less is more. Yeah, it's like everything. Sometimes, like it's, you know, especially as a wrestling fan, I feel like I hear myself saying this all the time. Sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. You need like sometimes if just like a simple drum beat, like yeah. She's like, oh, this is a song yeah. now. Um, so I'd probably give this album a an A minus. I think I'd give it what he got, what he gave it. Okay. I like it a lot. Okay. So very good. I'm happy with those. Yeah. Um, definitely. So Dominic's pick for this week mm-hmm. was. Um, an album called I want to get it right and I don't have it pulled up or something I have it I know what it is In the Airplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel see I did it um then that's from 1998 and uh was this their first album? it was their second album second okay their second album yeah they're they're so yeah they were semi-popular at the time but they were sort of mixed uh, and how they were received. Because mm. 
it is sort of strange music, especially at the time. Um, it's sort of like folk rock with brass band in there, and also like no, it's it really noisy at times, um, and distorted. Especially their first their first album is way more out there and experimental than this. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a uh, yeah. This was not very well received at the time. But over time, it sort of aged a bit better. Um, a lot of people started appreciating it more. And it was on um, a lot of music boards, like for music nerds, uh, that this got started. It kind of became like a meme in a way, um, because it is sort of a... Uh, there are some like sort of goofy songs and lyrics on it. Um, but it was it was like a mix of uh, like ironic enjoyment and also just actual enjoyment, and it led to it becoming one of the most popular albums in like the music nerd scene, right? And also like one of the most popular like albums of all time on the internet eventually. Um, and personally, I love it and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite albums of all time. And um, I love how it's all blended together. I love how many moods it goes through. Um, you get, like, really, um, like, sad songs. You get really pretty songs. You get really happy songs. More or less, you know. Um, Happy-sounding songs, I guess, at least. Um, and, yeah, I just think there's a lot to it. And there's... There's a... There's there, there's a story ab- about there's a lot of stories and theories about like what he's talking about, and um, the main one, well, the it's sort of I think it's sort of confirmed as true because I think he's talked about it before. The main guy uh, in the band Jeff Mangum, um, he's talked about it how this um, album was based off of when he picked up uh, the diary of Anne Frank. And sort of read through it and felt like he knew her, um, and how tragic he thought that story was. So I think it's kind of based on that, and about how it's it's almost like a story. You hear some lyrics about like, um, I think the story of the album is she gets like reincarnated. Anne Frank gets like reincarnated as a little boy in Spain. There's a lot of... I, I don't know if I want to explain all of that right now because it's a lot and there's a lot of stuff around it. I think just the music itself is really great. And even some of the, of the lyrics, they're really fantastical and almost like hard to even picture in your head like what he's saying a lot of the time. Mm. And like there's just no other album like this, in my opinion. Right. Um, so, yeah. Which is cool um, to be able to say that because yeah. like... You know, the history of music is large and vast and long. Yeah. Rock music, maybe not as much, but, I mean, rock music's really only been around for 70-something years, maybe, we'll say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even to say that about a rock album, generally, I mean, there's so many subdivisions yeah. of rock. I hate saying, well... Yeah, Genre, genres um, are so stupid in yeah. general, but... This is a rock album. It's a different rock album. Yeah. Like, you can't put this and... Guns and Roses in the same category, but yeah, a lot of it is rock music. Yeah, definitely. There are some more folk, folk more folkier songs on there. Yeah, where it's, it's got completely a folky... ac- acoustic. 
Yeah. Um, the song "Oh Comely" was um, it's like the it's like eight minutes long. He recorded that in one take. Um, I think it might have been the first take. I, I I could have that. He definitely recorded it all in one take. Right. Um, you can hear at the end of the song if you listen really closely. Somebody else in the studio going, "Holy shit!" You can hear them like screaming, "Holy shit!" Afterwards. Um, cause he just did that whole song on one take, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. I'll go to Daniel first. What did you think about, uh, In the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel? I mean, I've, I've heard you talk about this album before and I, you know, I've seen the cover all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, why is that coconut woman? It's a drum. It's like Kylie a drum. Hitler. Um, yeah. It looked like a coconut to me at the time, um, and like a like a cut in half coconut. Yeah, like a cut in half yeah. coconut. Um, but I suppose it is a drum, and I guess it makes sense now with the theme of the album, why she's doing that. Yeah, she's um, hiring Hitler. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a pretty good album. Uh, there were some songs that I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, "King of Carrot Flowers" both. Part one and parts two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, why are parts two and three the same song? Same song. I mean, I don't know. It's just how it was divided, I guess. Um, My bigger problem is why is there two headed boy and two headed boy part two? Why isn't two headed boy part one called part one when they did that with the first set of songs? Yeah, yeah, I've actually thought about that. Too. I don't know why. <laughs> I liked both two headed um, boys. I liked in the airplane over the sea, and I liked O'Comely, and I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Did you have like a least favorite song? Probably Holland 1945. Really? That's like one of the most song. infamous songs off of the album. What song? I know one of the songs that they only did two albums. Yeah. And what would they had one radio hit, but I can't remember it. I don't know. I mean, um, I know they were on the radio and they were like fairly Holland. Holland 1945 was yeah? I think the most popular song. In general, but when it came out, that was like a single. Um, I don't. I don't. It I, didn't I seem don't like that was it to me. But maybe first album. I think uh, "Song Against Sex" on their first album it was like f- maybe a little bit. I don't know if it got popular like after the fact um, on just like indie radio. But I think that song got a little bit. That's on their first album. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking of. I just know when they were out, they had a song on the radio that I mm-hmm. like. I. I, you don't forget that band name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Neutral Milk Hotel. Like, what in the hell are they talking about? It, it's just names with milk in it. Mil- Neutral Milk Hotel, Milky Chance. Yeah. You never forget those yeah. names. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, go ahead with your uh, review. But yeah, overall, it was a very interesting album. I like whoever this guy is. I don't remember the name you just Jeff said. Jeff Mangum. Jeff Mango. Um, Mango? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Mango made a very good album here. Um, he made a very interesting, or him and his band or whatever, made a very interesting album here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily say it's my thing. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily go around listening to any of the songs on this album, but they were very interesting and very good in some places. Mm -hmm. Um, so probably give this album a B plus. Mm. Um, it was probably... The, my least favorite of the albums I, I listened to this week. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, but, I thought that might be the case. But it was very... Um, I kind of went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be, like, 
weird and experimental, and I'm not going to like it. But I liked it, and... Yeah. Yeah, it was in- interesting is the thing I keep saying about it. It's good. I'm not saying interesting to avoid saying good. Yeah. What did you give it a grade? B plus. Okay. Um Yeah, when pe- usually when I say interesting it's to avoid saying good because I don't think something's good. But yeah. it, I I had an overwhelmingly positive feeling about it. It was good, but it was also interesting in this yeah. case. Um so yeah, B plus. Alright, Dad, what did you think about in the aeroplane over the sea? Um a lot of times we say in um when we're reviewing albums it was kind of a tale of two albums. Like we'll say like the first half of it was definitely was so much better than the second half or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we'll say like the 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 first song and the last song should not have been there in that order and all that kind of stuff. This was a kind of a tale of two albums for me, but in a weird way. Um, I like the middle of this album a ton more than I like. I am not a fan of all of the part one and two songs. Uh-huh. I don't like King of Carrot one, two, or three, and I didn't like uh, uh, Two Headed Boy one or two. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Like they just they kind of like. I'm trying to remember how I described it to my wife when I was listening to it. I don't want to use the word samey because it's not really what I mean, but it kind of it kind of just went I'm going to say over my head but not like it was too smart for me, like it just kind of like it just happened. It happened to you, yeah. It happened to me and I was like I can tell this is really interesting and I can tell this is kind of cool. But again, like maybe like more like Daniel said, like it just didn't hit anything to me. That yeah. was the way I felt when I was listening to the Modest Mouse album you recommended before the uh, the really popular one. Um, Lots of Crowder was. That's how I felt when I was listening to that yeah. album. I was like, this is happening. Yeah, like so. I can tell good and cool and talented stuff is happening here. Yeah. And I could tell this guy is like really a really interesting person and writer. And I appreciate all that. And there are definitely parts of all of these songs, even the ones I'm going to say I'm not crazy about that are like oh that's pretty cool like oh you know like what he said mm-hmm. you know like what he said or how he said it or how he phrased something was cool mm-hmm. or something he did within the music was cool like that stuff all kind of happens but it happens in some of the on some of the album like in such weird waves yeah. that it doesn't and that's just maybe the music listener i am like i can see you like really get it and really like it and that's awesome yeah and i like oh, i'm almost you know, jealous of the fact that you can grab that stuff and, and, and like, take it to heart. Because it's, I don't know, it's probably a good way to listen to it. It's probably a good yeah. interpretation of it. I take lyrics and theme into account a lot. Yeah. Like, more than most people, I think. And mm-hmm. that's not, like, I don't think that's, like, the better way to do it or anything. That's just what I personally Yeah, it's do just you. Lot. It's and part I, of your personality. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, an overall review, it's, like, some of it kind of washed over me, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is good, but like, I wasn't like, this is amazing. I wasn't like, really into it. The stuff in the middle, that's and it's funny, like, as I started saying before, the stuff in the middle I found a lot better. It seemed like he went a little crazy, then he kind of brought his shit together a little bit to a more formulaic yeah. mm-hmm. process that I guess I like more. 
um, in the middle. Like, I liked Holland 1945. Mm-hmm. I liked the feel. Um, the Fool. Uh, the Fool, I mean. <laughs> yeah, The Fool. What am I saying? Um, and I liked O'Comley. Um I don't remember... I didn't like either Ghost or Untitled, and I can't remember which one now. Untitled was fully instrumental. Um, yeah, Ghost was a much... I mean, Ghost was much more of a song than that. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was Untitled, maybe... I think, yeah, I think what happened was I listened to Untitled, and then it went into the next song. They all sort of flow into yeah, each other. and I think maybe I didn't even realize what was happening between Untitled and, like, Two-Headed Boy Part 2. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I think Ghost was the one I did like a lot too. So like literally the entire middle of the album I liked more than the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's a thing that happened. You know, <laughs> that's just what happened to me listening to it. Um, there are definitely parts of the album that are really interesting and I enjoyed. And there are definitely parts of the album that, like I said, the best way I can describe it is they kind of washed over to me and happened to me more than I enjoyed listening to them. You know, I didn't, I wasn't like, God, this is terrible at any point. You know, like, it's a good album. It's like, it's super interesting, well put together, talent, all the, you know, all the things. It's got all the things. And again, maybe it's just like Daniel said, it's not exactly my cup of tea in some parts. And, you know, I need something else, you know. But, you know, I can totally appreciate what's happening on this album. And I can appreciate... Like you said, I can I can definitely appreciate the individuality and the uh, yeah. like like this isn't and I if you said to yeah. me what is Nutri Milk Hotel like what can you compare it to I'd be like I don't nothing what yeah. no <laughs> another thing I can you say know? positive about this album is that sometimes when I'm listening to albums on the show I get bored and I'm like I want to go do something else mm-hmm. I listen to this album in one full shot and that's mm-hmm. very rare okay yeah. and it's just left me like oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, I know that doesn't sound like a hugely positive review, but it is super interesting to listen to, mm-hmm. you know, and that's hard to come by. So, of course, you know, it's it's, it's a good album. Um, I just yeah, I, I think, think if anything, I understand not liking it, honestly, but yeah, and I don't I'm not even saying you didn't like it, but um, I understand why someone wouldn't like it. But I think it's it's weird to say it would be weird to say, like, it's not very unique. Yeah, no, that's definitely the thing it's the most yeah. is unique. And I think that's probably the word I was searching for before. Um, yeah, it's totally unique. And like you, you know, if some, like I said, if someone said to me, like, oh, what, you listen to that Nutri-Milk album, Nutri-Milk Hotel album, what, what, what would you compare it to? I don't, nothing. What? Like, I can't even come up with three bands together that sound like that. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, this is the album that you compare other albums to. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and that, that's, like, weird, because... It it came, I mean it came out relatively late in music history like mm-hmm. uh, I mean relatively recently in music history mm-hmm. so you know it, like there aren't many albums from the nineties there are there are a, a few of them but there aren't many there are many albums in general that you can say that about mm-hmm. but there are many albums from the late nineties that you can say that about exactly yeah so um, grade wise I would probably give it. B plus, um, yeah. I it's close to an A minus, but I don't know. I don't think it did enough for me yeah. to, to hit that that level. Um, but yeah, I'd say a solid B, definitely solid B plus. Like that's an easy yeah thing for me to say. I feel like both of our grades are like teetering on an A minus. Yeah. yeah. Um, like 
Honestly, I can say I think this would only really work as a complete album. I don't yeah. know if any of these songs would work on their own. Right. I'd have to test the theory out, but, like, I don't think they'd work on their own. Yeah, I mean, that's... I kind of feel... I, I listen to a couple of these songs on their own, but I definitely feel that they all work better. Yeah. Pretty much all of them work better within... within the context of the album. Yeah, and I think that's why they weren't... I mean, I know they only had two albums, but... And I think they had one radio hit or one radio song on the radio at the very least. Or I wouldn't—I don't know why I would even know their name. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that's probably why they didn't have a ton of radio hits is because it's not super radio friendly. Um, they would probably have to cut a lot of it down, you know. And generally, bands, at least since the '80s, I'd say, uh, put out try to put out you know digestible. You know, especially bands that want to be on the radio, um, put out more digestible uh, songs. You know, three or four minutes, let's say, um, as opposed to you know, it, it seemed like some of this stuff was very flowy and very long and very, you know, that kind of thing. And that's hard to, it's hard to put on the radio, which doesn't make it a good or a bad thing. It's just a thing. So, yeah. all right. So that was our fifty-second uh, episode, uh, doing this over a year now. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, been a bit, it's been really super fun and like mm-hmm. interesting, and I'm so glad that I get to listen to you know yeah. other music that I probably wouldn't have listened to. Um, and yeah. I mean, the experiment with me has kind of worked. Like I've mm-hmm. gotten my own music taste. I've got my own music taste now, guys. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's excellent, and I think you know it, it's expanded. I think what for me the best thing was it expanded my music taste at a time. Where I felt like, and like I told my wife this a bunch of times, in like probably ten years ago, and ever since, kind of, um, I felt bored with music. Like I didn't know, very few stuff came around that I said like, "Wow, this is great," or "This is even good," you know, and sparked my interest. But that's probably because I was lazy and not looking around yeah. enough. It was probably because you know I was. I was pigeonholing myself into a style or to a genre, you know, that I thought was what I wanted to listen to. But, you know, when you throw bands at me, you know, there's some that that stuck really well. You know, we keep using the example of Run the Jewels. You know, I would have never listened to Run the Jewels unless, like, I heard a song on the Mm -hmm. radio that that caught my interest, which I probably wouldn't have. Um, Yeah, I would have never listened to Run the Jewels if it wasn't for this podcast, and I think they're amazing. Yeah, I you mean, know, Post Malone to a lesser extent, right? Because you were yeah. sort of already. I think, yeah, I think I would have gotten into Post Malone with or without this, mm-hmm. but you know, and that, and that's, yeah. that's what it is. You know, there's going to be things that catch my eye, no matter what, but it just didn't wasn't happening very much. Like the first half of my life, I felt like music was everything to me. Like I yeah. just, you know, I played it, I listened to it, and that was like, it felt like eighty percent of my life. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, yeah, like about 10, 15 years ago, let's say, you know, when I stay, you know, and I, I realize it's a product of getting older and getting less, um, having less time to do yeah. the hunting for the music. You know, it's a lot of things. And I was yeah. just, I was very frustrated with music in general. There's, and just, like, a, there's like a study that like, um, after, th- like after 30, like some large amount of adults stop listening to new music yeah like they just have a collection i hear it all the time between my friends and people at work and stuff it's like 
there's you know the music of the you know whatever decade they were mostly involved in the 90s the 80s the 70s whatever it may be yeah the music of that decade was just so so far superior to crap that's out now yeah and you know i mean there is a point to be made but again i've heard this so many times in my life that rock is dead and i don't think it will ever die i think it goes in waves um i mean rock rock is such like we were talking about this before like rock is such a it's such it's such a loose term you know genres and genre terms in general are such loose terms yeah that rock as it's perceived may be dead but rock as it's perceived in the 80s was like glam rock and that died but it turned into grunge yeah and you know and and, you know different forms of rock and i think that while rock as we know it may die it'll always have its um influence you know yeah it'll always be everywhere in music Mm -hmm. and And that's the thing about it like and especially now that there's spotify yeah i don't think any genre will ever really die anymore because you know it's all archived somewhere so so some kid could go listen to it I don't know. And sample I mean, it on his new... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there are always, like, genre revivals that happened. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, like, uh, like, oh, like, vocal pop probably isn't gonna come back. But it kind of did, like, a lot of... Like, there are some new artists that are doing that, that sort of style again and using, like, older recording systems to make it sound like that. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, and, and I that, love that vinyl's made a comeback. I think yeah. that's a cool niche. Um... And actually, on the flip end of what I said, I think it's like every time I get to let you guys hear something that you wind up liking that you may have never listened to before because you just never heard of it or because it's old or whatever the case may have been. And I know Dominic especially, actually, and Daniel, you know, listen to older music. Like Dominic yeah. has talked about Pink Floyd and Fleetwood Mac and, yeah. you know, and even stuff before Buddy Holly, you know, um, and Daniel, you know, seems to you know yeah. get into some 80s stuff uh more often like genesis and prince for example yeah, um you know grunge i've been getting into grunge that's too. yeah and i was gonna say like kind of the chris cornelli type stuff that i've been that i uh recommended like um euphoria morning euphoria morning oh. a solo album and then of course uh yeah, the Temple of the Dog. Wow, that just flew out. I like the Pearl Jam one more that you recommended. Um, yeah, but that's not Chris Cornell. But I'm saying like you guys like especially when when you listen to the, the to the Chris Cornell solo album, I was like tentative. I was like they're probably not gonna like this. It's probably I don't know. I don't know what I thought. And you guys like pretty much had rave reviews for it, and you recognize what a really incredible vocalist yeah, he is and how the, good that music was. One of the only albums that's made me cry. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's got that kind of voice, so... Um, but, yeah, so it's kind of been flipped, you know, both ways, you know. They've introduced me to a bunch of cool stuff. I think I've introduced them to a bunch of cool yeah. stuff. And we're going to keep going, man. I mean, music is infinite, mm-hmm. so we can do this forever if we yeah. want to. Yeah. Which brings us to our picks for this week. Yeah. Do you so, have a pick? I do. Okay, cool. You go ahead. Um, so, we're about... We're over halfway through the year already. Uh, it's mid-July right now, so, you know. I figured maybe I'd recommend an album from this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually had that many, because I wanted to do this earlier, but I haven't had that many albums from this year that I was actually enjoying that much. Mm-hmm. But I do have one that I thought I'd recommend. Um, it's a repeat, but I, I do think it's a really great album, and I think you guys might actually enjoy this one more than the last one I recommended by this artist. Um, 
So it's the new album from Tyler, the creator. Uh, uh, came out, I think, June 25th. Um, call Me If You Get Lost. Okay. So Call Me yeah. If You Get Lost? Call me yeah, Call Me lost. If You Get Lost. Uh, I can't okay. type tonight, so I, send that to me, please. I'm yeah. going to remember that because I've been meaning to listen to it for literally like two and a half weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of glad uh, Dominic went very new because I'm going very old. Um, kind of rediscovered this album over the last few weeks again, and I tend to do that. Like, I'll hit on a track that I'm just like, man, this is so good. And then I'll just go listen to the album, and I'll be like, man, this is a good album. And I kind of re-fall in love with it. I mean, this came out, my parents liked this artist and this album. Um, it came out when I was four. So, you know, it's that old. <laughs> and it's, uh, I'm going to go with Billy Joel's 1977 album, The Stranger. Mm. Nice. Um, Billy Joel. To that. me... And he had a lot of good albums, but to me, this was his best, like, kind of by far. Um, he had some other really good albums, so it's, that's kind of hard to say, but I love this album. Like, this album, almost from beginning to end. Again, it might have one or two sort of duds on it to, for me, but it's like... And do not listen to the Legacy version of this. Oh, okay. It's got, like, a million outtakes and live... So find mm-hmm. you can find the stranger, just a regular stranger. Um, I kind of, I kind yeah, on Spotify. I'm lo- looking at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a, something else called a legacy edition, which is just like there's a lot of crap to sort through. Wait, it's spelled like B I L L Y. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was spelled like B I L L I E. No, I think isn't that usually the female version? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, B I L Y is. Uh, Didn't Billy Idol spell it like that? No. <laughs> so, so yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go a little older school here, um, and recommend Billy Joel's The Stranger. Cool. cool. So if you want to be uh, up to date for next week, listen to Tyler the Creator's new album, uh, "Call Me If You Get Lost," and Billy Joel's old album, "The Stranger." Yeah, I think that was his. Um, Second or third album? Yeah. No, it might be more than that. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. It's one of those first, like, four albums. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We will see you next time. See you next time. Yeah.